Uh, special good evening, everybody, and welcome into the Bears Coaches Show with Bears Head Coach Matt Nagy. Jeff Joniak with you until 8 o'clock tonight. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Special Teams Coordinator Chris Tabor joins the program. We've arrived at the doorstep of Week 17. Congratulations on the win in Jacksonville. Three straight at any point is significant in the season. You've done it now seven times in your three years as head coach. What was the aftermath like? Give us a little glimpse. No, it was good. You know what, Jeff? It's uh, for these guys to be able to uh, enjoy it, and they've worked hard to get to this through that that stretch that we had that wasn't so good. And but here we are. You know, now we have a, a, a huge week of, of prep for us to get ready for a big time game. But they enjoyed it last night. It was good. The, the conversations on the airplane when we fly back, just talking through guys watching video and and just uh, understanding where they put us right now. You still walking the plane? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I, I said I was going to do that all year long, and, and I've been able to do that, and they're a lot, they're a lot better when you're winning. So the fans turned out. Uh, I know we had it on the broadcast, and we kept turning up the sound, and it was the first time all year that it was genuine fan noise from 17,000-plus, many, many Bears fans. Did it make a difference at some level yesterday? Yeah, it did, and, you know, you can feel it even uh, – running out onto the field when the players are running out onto the field, you could feel the crowd just cheering them on. And they haven't had that Jeff all year long, you know, and that's a, that's a raw emotion to get, to get going with the start of a game that, that uh, just has, hasn't happened most of the season. And now to have that and all those fans down there, they, uh, they, they juiced it up and got it going. And at the end of the game, when we were up pretty big, they were all just chanting and cheering, and you could just see the players getting into it. It was it was really neat. Heck, the Jaguar fans were rooting for you too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they really they secured the number one pick. Hey, uh, in all seriousness, how how do you put this in perspective? How far this team has come in terms of staying engaged, staying focused, staying hungry? Because it very easily met. You know it. It could have gone the other way. It very easily could have. Yeah, it could have. And and I probably it's hard for me right now at this moment to answer that exact question. I'll be able to do that at the end of the year when you really look back and you go back to certain games throughout the season where um, you felt either really good or you didn't feel really good. And so right now we're just in the moment and the moment for us is a good place right now. So we're trying to keep that thing going. Um, you know, you're, you're every week, they're going to give you a new team to play. And we've created this situation right now that we currently sit in where you win and you're in. And, um, you know, we weren't sure if that was going to be the case three to four weeks ago, but the messaging that we've had, the players buying into it, the players doing it and executing it, not just on game day on the weekends, but throughout the weeks with meetings and practices and, um, their, their participation and willingness to, to believe and trust in the process is huge. And now they're, they're, um, they're, they're reaping the benefits of that and they see what can happen. And so different parts of the ball you see, I mean, offensively, we finally got things going. Special teams is rolling. Defense is getting big time plays at big time uh, situations in the game. And, and now here we are with one week to go, you know, so it's been credit to them. You're a message guy, uh, but was there a creative process to your messaging this time, given the situation of a six-game skid and a quarter season to go. Did you have to find a, a different way to reach them? Well, we did, and, and one of the ways we did that was with four games to go in the season. Um, we said, you know, there's four quarters in a season, and at the start of the fourth quarter of the season with four games left, we said, let's, let's, uh, let's go 4-0. and And if we go 4-0, uh, we, will, we will have a great opportunity to at least be in the mix somewhere to get to the playoffs. And uh, as I've mentioned before, every year is different as a head coach. Every, every team is different with your messaging. 
But that for us, that was a that was a big time motivating factor. Just knowing that and understanding that and educating them as to where things are with with other teams and what's real and what's what's not real. And uh, then you take that and then you got to do it. And where it gets tough is when you don't do it and you got to create another message. But they've done it for three weeks now, and so now here we are. You know, we're 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 here now. We're we're three and zero the last three games, and now we're gonna we got to do everything we can to go four and zero, and then see what now. We go four and zero. We because of going three and zero, we're in. So that that's awesome. All right, I look at three key plays yesterday, and you tell me if you agree. The fourth and five conversion to a Rob. You got Mitch throwing the pick, but he came back strong, very strong after that. It didn't eat him up, and that's significant for many different reasons that you can amplify on. And of course, the Roquan takeaway, the defense picking you up, and you guys never looked back. Any others, or are, you, no, are those yeah, three pillars no. of the game? Yeah, no, I, I I agree with that. The the one the one that's in there that's sneaky, in my opinion, that that was early on too, was when they tried to do the fake punt, and and they had to hold on DHC. Um, to me, to me, that's a that's a sneaky play in that game that uh, with DHC playing it so well and them having to have to hold him to to convert it. Um, that was a big time play because you know the kid got the first down, but they got it because of holding. So they had to end up punting the ball. But I think that. But uh, the other ones you mentioned are all certainly big time plays. Also, uh, blitz pickup and r- recognition by Mitch yesterday was very good, according to Tom. He was seven for seven on blitzes against extra pressure. Uh, is that a, a major significant improvement here heading into this Week 17 matchup and beyond? Yeah, you know teams are gonna try to create some pressure up front and, and blitz you and, and make you make quick decisions. And then the wide receivers, when that's the case, they got to win. And, and yesterday, A-Rob did that. And then you got to get the ball out and be accurate. The line's got to squeeze the right way and try to protect inside out. They did it. And, and again, like Mitch is going to get uh, always be critiqued on what happens on third down and what happens in the red zone. And yesterday, other than that pick in the red zone, uh, he, he did a good job situationally. Yeah, he talked uh, about John D. Filippo on the sidelines. You have to turn him in the right direction right there because it's Jacksonville. They got some juice going on. This is an uh-oh moment. What's the key there? What's what's the key to make sure that doesn't snowball? That's when you rely on your coaches, like he said with Coach Flip. I think Coach Flip has done an amazing job all year long with these quarterbacks. And, you know, uh, with with the history of who where he's been and what he's done at that position, he's also played it in college, and he gets it. And so – uh, learning who Mitch is as a person in those moments, helping him out. And he did that yesterday. And so now all of us collectively, right, between Bill and Rags and everybody else, when we get in that locker room at halftime is, here we go. we got two more quarters to go. Next play mentality. Now, Mitch has got to do it. And then he needs his teammates to help. And that that's kind of what happened. Snap, Trubisky, looking, standing in the pocket, drills the middle of the end zone. Touchdown, Jimmy Graham. Touchdown, Bears. And the 6-3 lead. That Jimmy Graham touchdown catch of beauty. Two on the day. Now over 80 red zone touchdowns in his career. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show. Brought to you by Whipley CPAs and Consultants. A proud partner of the Chicago Bears. Learn more at whipley.com. we got to talk Jimmy Graham. Just a tremendous season. Eight touchdowns. Couple for Cole Komet as well. you got uh, great production of 69 catches and 10 touchdowns out of those two guys. He's just got a little juice to him. He does. And you know what? When you're in this league, as long as he has been, and you realize what's sitting in front of you and just the way things have been from day one that Jimmy Graham was here as a bear, um, he's he's been all in. The only thing he wants to do is win a championship. And uh, what he's taught 
Cole in this process and the, the way that he's been a mentor to Cole Komet, no one will ever see or know until it's 10 years down the road and Cole Komet will be the one that says it. But there's times in practice where something may happen and no one sees this, but but Jimmy will be the one that goes over and tries to, tries to help him from a player point of view. Or something happens in the game, Jimmy will be there to help. So all that other stuff that happens on the field with Jimmy as a player, the the what he's doing right now to help build our future with Cole Komet, you, you, you just, you, people don't understand. And so that, that's just something else that I think needs to get recognized because uh, whatever he's doing on the field is awesome. And we, we knew he could do this, but what he's doing off the field and helping in practice and in meetings and all that stuff, man, is that pretty awesome for Cole Komet. Now he's one touchdown away from matching Mike Ditka's single season record for touchdowns by a tight end back to 1961. So pretty good company. All right, Tuttyville. Uh, I've been asked a lot about Tuttyville. They think I came up with I go, no, no, no. This is all Matt Nagy. He's got a sign up in his office. Will you explain again? I think you've done it on this show, but for those who have been texting me and emailing me and asking me questions on social media about Tuttyville, uh, where did it originate? Well, you know, so – in a, on a team that I that I coached with, uh, we all we all kind of talked about let's let's have a bunch of touchdowns. Let's it's about touchdowns, not field goals. And and uh, the the word the word Tutty just started getting thrown around a little bit. And so we we kind of liked it. We thought it made sense. And then before you know it, it just became part of our language. And um, you know, Tut, it was Tuttyville kind of start the Ville part was here. Now the Tuttyville is here. That that's, that's here in Chicago. And so that's, what's pretty neat. And the guys for, for us as coaches, we joke about it. And there for a while, there weren't a lot of, there mm-hmm. weren't, there wasn't much Tuttyville, but recently it's been, it's back. And uh, for, for our players right now on offense to be able to be as effective as we've been um, regardless of, of who we're playing and, and, and everything um, they are playing with a lot of confidence. And I just think that, when you're scoring touchdowns and you're scoring tutties, uh, it, it's infectious and it's contagious. And they, the, the belief in one another right now between our players and our coaches and our coaches and our players is uh, for this year at an all-time high. So we're, we're, we're momentum-wise, momentum-meter-wise, we're, we're going in the right direction. 19 touchdowns the last five games, 163 points on your last 50 drives. So that's outstanding. All right, let's talk uh, a little bit more about Allen Robinson. Eight of his 10 catches for first downs. Uh, I liked, if you're not going to press them, really press them tight to the line of scrimmage. And I think about Devontae Adams, perfect example. They both did it yesterday, going back and watching the Packer game already. You know, that, that little hesitation move at the, at the line of scrimmage, the footwork to free themselves and create a little distance on those in-breaking routes or double moves or whatever. I think you mentioned it and used the word art. There is an art to making sure everything is precise and what you do at all areas of the field, but in particularly getting off the line of scrimmage. It's hard to man up Devontae Adams. He's going to find a way, especially with that quarterback. Is is Allen Robinson also difficult now at the line of scrimmage for teams to deal with? Yeah, and he's always been that way. There's, there's a handful of guys in this league, Jeff, that, that you look at and you say, you know what, when you press them, good luck. And it's just that that art part is that's not something that just happens overnight. That's that's something that takes time. They stu- these wide receivers, these great wide receivers, they study uh, other great wide receivers, guys that have been really good at, at being able to do that. And then they use it into the, in, with their game. And so um, that's just a part of that's a that's a, a weapon that they have in, in, in their arsenal. And A-Rob is one of those guys. And so if you're going to come up and press them, uh, you better have a plan. 
If you're going to play off, you better have a plan, and that's advantage Bears. Nice burst by Artavis Pierce on that Wildcat. Nice call there, uh, unsuspecting. I had to do a double take, but, boy, he's got some juice. He does. He really does, and, and I, was, I was really happy for him. Um, David did a good job playing quarterback, um, and so that was a good thing. And then for four, you know, those guys created a nice lane up front too. You know, they, they, they had good leverage with those lanes and then Artavius hit it, man. He, he hit it fast and then he was rewarded with a touchdown the next play. Snap, Trubisky takes turns, giving to Montgomery, stutters, five, four, three, two, one, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Bears. The Chicago Bears and Proven IT are supporting Chicago's small businesses. Boco Services, Inc. is this week's Small Business All Pro. Visit chicagobears.com slash smallbusinessallpros to learn more. One more segment to go with Bears head coach Matt Nagy. Let's touch on David Montgomery. A touchdown now in five straight games, seven since the bye week. Longest streak by a Bears back since Neil Anderson back in 1991. Where is he at right now in terms of his growth and progress? As a 23-year-old player, he's got a bright future. Yeah, I mean, his confidence is at an all-time high, and, and that's kind of where, where the offense is. But it's in unison with that offensive line. And so when those guys are rolling, they're communicating, they're creating lanes. And then there's going to be some times yesterday where you saw he just does his little straight arm or stiff arm to a DB or a safety, and you, you're going to have trouble with that. His contact balance uh, in between the tackles, his vision, his anticipation, um, his awareness of down and distance – is really, really good. And so you combine that with who he is as a person and his drive and motivation to be great, and he's leading our offense right now. Is there another gear left in this offense or this team in general for Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, I believe there is. And I think that uh, we're we're in the, we're currently sitting in the playoffs right now when you look at it. I mean, you have to win. And so, uh, you know, the, we understand that the confidence of where we're at as a team – of fighting together through all the adversity we went through. That's, that's pretty strong. That's pretty powerful. And it's moving, you know, you get through that. You're not sure where it's going to go, but then when you do it, all of a sudden you strung three in a row and uh, that's all you can ask for heading into this last game of the season after where we've been. So now, now uh, you got to find that gear. You got to dig down a little bit deeper, coaches and players included and, and bring it on Sunday. At the same time, you, you recognize this morning that you can't make it too hyped. It's going to get hyped. There's no yeah. question about yeah. it. Plus, it's Bears-Packers on top yeah. of it. How do you make it big but don't feel big? A lot of that has to be done through the players and their experiences, right? So what they've been through. We all understand the significance of this game. Um, take out the whole, like you just said, take out the whole win and get in playoff for 2020. This is the Bears-Packers, right? It doesn't get any bigger than that. And so, um, you know, we understand where we're at, we understand the significance of that right there in itself, whether each team never didn't even have a win, it would matter, but we, it's different. You know, this is for the playoffs for, for us and for them, for, for a number one seed. So um, you wouldn't want it any other way. If you're not a competitor, um, you know, you, or if you are a competitor, which we all are, you're ready for it. And now it's just a matter of the, the preparation, the planning, the understanding, the togetherness of doing what we've been doing and then putting it all together on Sunday and, uh, and attacking a full speed ahead. Your expertise is quarterback play, offensive play. In your role, can you offer any insight to the Bears' defense on how to deal in a more impactful way with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I absolutely can. 
And uh, <laughs> I'm not saying give me the company yeah, secrets, no, I, I but can. I like that and, devilish uh, grin I'm seeing right now. <laughs> no, for sure. I can. I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. All right. Uh, it, it sounds simple, but it's not. Keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. Okay. <laughs> Try to limit the impact of Devontae Adams. And on the defensive side of the ball, don't get in a hole where you're just at the mercy of the Smith brothers and those two DBs, Jair Alexander and Darnell Savage, wreaking havoc. I know it's not that simple, but is that a great place to start? Yeah. You, I mean, you, you have to. And once you understand, like right now, what they're doing well uh, is they're playing complimentary football and they're, they're scoring points. They're really good. And uh, the, the Packers are really good in the red zone. They're really good on third down. That's situational football. When you're good there, you're going to score points because you're getting first downs and you're getting touchdowns. And then on top of that, um, you have a, a, a very good defensive coordinator and coach Mike Patton that has a bunch of guys on that defense that when they get a lead, um, their strength is being able to to really shut down the pass and, and pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. They're really good at that. So uh, what we need to do is make sure that that uh, we get touchdowns and we're effective on third down so that our defense can do the same thing. And then it becomes a really good head-to-head matchup and, and may the best team win. Run of the ball against them has, has proved to be, if you're successful, it's put them in some binds, close games and their losses. Uh, and I know they put all the emphasis on stopping uh, the great Derrick Henry last night. Do you suspect the same that they'll try at least to take away David Montgomery in the run game? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, they did a good job last night, you know, and they, they got the lead and then uh, Tennessee was able to uh, to come back and make it a five-point game and then they, they came right back and counterpunched them. So, um, I, again, I, I think that they're well coached. I think they have good players. And, uh, but, but we also believe I have ultimate trust in our players and our coaches and, uh, we wouldn't want it any other way. All right, Matt, good luck. Should be a lot of fun this week. Uh, and we'll talk to you after. All right, Jeff, take care. Now a quick snap and a fake punt running right. And he's going to get the first down and a flag though on Jacksonville's side of the fence. So they go for it because they got nothing to lose in a 13-game losing streak on the direct snap to Andrew Wingard. It's not offense, it's coming back. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show, brought to you by Whipley, CPAs and consultants, now joined by Chris Tabor, the Bears Veteran Special Teams Coordinator. Good to have you alongside. Chris, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. All right, your old pal Joe DiCamillis uh, tried to pull a fast one on you guys yesterday on the fake punt. DHC draws the flag. How big of a play is that? Because I listed three plays I thought were turning points in the game or significant moments in the game. I didn't put that in the mix, but Matt Nagy did. He goes, that's a sneaky one right there. Could have been a different story. No, it was because it was uh, we were prepared, and I'll, I'll say Joe D, and we were prepared that he was going to throw the kitchen sink at us. He did. He gave us that. That was a new fake, uh, but we felt like we were prepared for it. Uh, he ran the reverse. He put both his slots up on and punt team and ran gunner motion. Uh, then in the last play of the game, he triple teams McManus and double teams the other guy. So there was a lot of things that he did. Uh, I thought our guys handled it well. But going back to that play, uh, Coach and I actually clicked on and we were we said, "Hey, be a, be alert right here. Something something fishy." Yeah, what was it? Fourth and three, and it was just kind of one of those moments. Uh, you're in the first half. Uh, you know, you're one in 13 and you're trying to make something happen. And, and uh, Duke, you know, misses the tackle there, but, and their, their guy made a nice play, but DHC clearly did get held and he did a nice job. He's such a smart football player. Uh, and they came out and immediately uh, showed punt and then they shifted real quickly uh, to it. Uh, so there were some moving parts that were, that were taking place. And, and I thought, uh, 
you know, DHC, that's that's a big-time play on his part. He keeps making them, doesn't he, on the defensive side of the ball? Another one yesterday. I mean, he just keeps on showing up. Well, I'll tell you, if behind the scenes, he's a very well-prepared player. He watches a lot of tape and uh, and puts it – he – He's prepared himself to make those plays just by the work, what he does during the week. I mean, it really is. It's uh, he's when you talk about a pro's pro, he does he does those things. How would you assess the performance of your unit against Jacksonville? I was proud of the guys. I mean, there's some there's always a few plays you always want back, I think, or feel like you could always do a little bit better. But uh, I liked our play speed. I thought that we were playing fast. Uh, when you go back and you study the tape, the guys are playing physical. So I think that we're we're getting better, uh, but there's still things for, for improvement. So I'm encouraged by that also. You're not one to throw a lot of bouquets. You're not also one to do a lot of criticism. You're very even-keeled about every performance. That is just how you coach? Is that your nature? And are you with the guys the same way? I, I hope that I am. Um, I, w- I will want to be that way. I just, I just feel like that uh, – the NFL monster, so to speak, uh, if, if you get too high and feel good about yourself, it will eat you up. Uh, it'll, it'll come after you. And I just think that you have to stay steady because every week is a new challenge. And uh, it's always about the next game. It really is. And then at the end of the year, then you can go back and you say, okay, hey, that was a, we had a good year. I needed to, we needed to do better here and whatnot. But that's, that's how I kind of view it. To me, the season is just one long process. And at the very end, whenever that it is, then you, then you can enjoy or, or be disgruntled, whatever you want to be. <laughs> do you derive any enjoyment week to week, though? It sounds like a very non fulfilling journey. No, no, it's very fulfilling. It's uh, it's just that I think you have to, once the game is over, you enjoy, you know, like last night, we won the game. I was excited that we won the game. You enjoy it. Uh, but now, I mean, you're already on to Green Bay. And so it's, uh, you just start the process all over and you just, it's, you, you can't you can't get you can't get soft really at the end of the day. 40-yard field goal try scales on the ball. O'Donnell with a look towards his kicker flashes his hand takes the snap puts the spot down and is right down the middle for the lead on the final snap of the first half and the Bears go into the locker room with a 13-10 lead. Hey, Bears fans, when shopping for your game day celebrations, don't forget to pick up your favorite variety of Lay's potato chips and Tostitos. Tostitos and Lay's are an essential part of the game day tradition and the official chip of your Chicago Bears. Go Bears! And the Bears with a win to go to 8-7. and seven. Packers coming to town. Cairo Santos remains sizzling. I know you kind of tamper all those things down. I know it. You're grinning at me right now. But in your weekly news conferences with the media and whatnot, you say, yeah, he's, he's doing well. But honestly, he's, he's doing better than well. He's tearing it up, and he, he made his 24th in a row. That ties Robbie Gold's 20,006 franchise record for consecutive makes in a single season. And we had him on our Bears All-Access show, Tom and I, a couple weeks ago. And just the thoughtful way he goes about explaining where he's at, where he's come from, what his process is, right down to what shoe he's wearing, and the grass, the Bermuda grass he was looking forward to, to kicking from in Jacksonville. Uh, there's a lot to this guy. No, there is. He's done, a, obviously, a really nice job. Um, the thing that I like about him is he's steady. I mean, you know, we're talking about a guy that's making a lot of kicks, but in order to do that, you got to be steady 
each and every day and be the same guy. He is that. And, uh, you know, he'll also give a lot of credit to Scales and, and Patio also. Uh, it's, it's, you know, those, those three guys do, do a really good job. But uh, we just got to keep making them. And, uh, you know, this will be different because this will be, uh, you know, this will be Soldier Field and, and I guess, January, you know, so this will be his first experience at that. And so that'll bring on some new challenges, but I, I'm sure he'll rise up to that. At 26 degree high, temperature expected, and uh, a later afternoon start sneaking into early evening. That does change things along the lakefront, but it's not Green Bay against Tennessee in a snowstorm yesterday. No, I saw that uh, when I was watching the tape. I didn't realize that, boy, ooh, what a sloppy day up in, in Lambeau. And that's, uh, that's tough sledding for, for specialists when you play in weather like that. And obviously Green Bay has a great one, and, and Crosby's been doing it a long time. So he was able to, you know, navigate through that. So uh, that's, that's what the good ones do, and, and we feel like we have a good one also. I'd be remiss because, yes, we did discuss it on the broadcast yesterday about the significance of the operation and Patrick Seals and Patrick O'Donnell, and he did bring that up, Santos did last week with us, uh, of how much of a relief that is. There's no stress there. He knows he's going to get an accurate placement, an accurate snap, and he, he now he doesn't have to worry about two-thirds of the process. What level are those two guys in that operation plan out right now for you relative to the league because you watch it all? Really high, I, uh, to be honest with you. they uh, If you probably in our world, guys that, that you study that have a great operation are the Baltimore guys, Morgan Cox and Sam cook. Um, and, you know, we tweaked some things last year uh, with scalesy and patio and, and with Eddie, we've, we've stayed along that line of, of what we're doing. And uh, those guys have really, I, I appreciate those guys because they, they bought in to the whole deal to, to make the, the operation go more smoothly and give that kicker even more confidence that just as you mentioned earlier, he doesn't have to worry about that stuff. And, uh, I, I, you know, people don't think about that part, you know, and, and that's a, it is, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, just scales putting the ball over the spot and it's not into the, the holder's body for a second there. When it goes into the body, now the kickers, he's lost sight on the ball. And, and then, you know, then the holder has to get it down quickly. Those are all – and it happens so fast. You figure that the ball is getting off in 1.27 seconds. And just to be able to lose it for a blink of an eye right there, that's, that's where the doubt creeps in into the kicker. And, um, you know, our guys, knock on wood, have, have done a good job of leaving that doubt – out of his mind, so it's been good. Think about it. Over the years, the Bears were blessed to have a, a singular long snapper to play the most games in Bears history, and Patrick Manley. Uh, that helped with Brad Maynard on the whole. I mean, it was a whole, and you were part of that too. I mean, the operation for the Bears over the last couple decades has been pretty significant. No, and it is. But you, when you're when you're playing in climate like this, that's uh, it's so it, it is so important. Uh, because not only, I mean, imagine if your kicker has to navigate and worry about snap and hold, and then he has to play the wind and then the footing of the field, you know, all those things kind of come into play. And, and uh, the more that you can eliminate some of that stuff, I, I just believe that you give your guy um, higher chance to, to be successful. 
This segment of Bears All Access brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Chris Tabor, our guest, our final moments here as the Bears get ready for the Packers. DeAndre Carter getting him back. Did it have an impact? I thought it did. They picked up Cole Quitt right before the game, and obviously he's a veteran player that's been around a long time, so you knew his body of work. Uh, but he hadn't punted since the fourth game when he was in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, you're talking three quarters of the season. So you really weren't for sure. To have a guy be able to go back and, and catch the football confidently uh, was good. And Anthony Miller's done a good job for us there also. But I thought Carter, uh, man, my I really tip my hat to him because he showed some toughness now. Got and, blasted. Uh, wow. It was it was unbelievable. And he bounced back and came back. That Our guys um, – are, they really respect that. And, uh, you know, he had the first return, whatever it was, 13, 14 yards. I thought he did a nice job play, playing for us there. So uh, it, it's good now to have multiple options. All right, what are we looking at with the Packers special teams unit? Well, it's a team that, uh, you know, I, I think the last time that we played them, um, I didn't think that we played Chicago Bears special teams. And that's going to be our chance. We need to, we need to, you know, they're our opponent, but we're going to still worry about ourselves and we need to, we need to play to our standard and, uh, and we need to play well, but the Packers, obviously they got a good battery. Crosby's a really good kicker. JK Scott's a really good punter. Now you have Tavon Austin who's returning, returning punts for him. So they've picked up some weapons uh, obviously with Tavon uh, since, since we last played them. So we'll have our hands full. Uh, but we're going to be excited and uh, anxious to, to play this game. Uh, I write keys to the game every week. I always, in intangibles, depending on the opponent, I always say showing toughness and intelligence on special teams, a key to win. You could say it every week, but is it for a matchup like this critical? Absolutely. I mean, it is. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we had a couple penalties yesterday that I was disappointed with. Um because one of them was a self-inflicted penalty, but uh, yeah, you got to you, you you can't have those things, um, and and you got to play good, smart football. I mean, you know, in the return game, we need to either score or set up the score. We got to make sure that we have the football and give it back to our offense, and then, you know, anytime that they're they're punting, we got to play defense first and make sure that we can have an opportunity to get the football. So there's there's a lot of things, and we got to be able to cover, and, and uh, I'm sure our guys will be up to the task. And I'll be excited to, to watch them play Sunday afternoon. All right, good luck Sunday. Thanks for your time. All right, thank you. Well, that's a wrap on tonight's Bears Coaches Show. I want to thank our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilli, Andy Gersher, and Keith Johnson on the board. Most of all, to you for listening. For Bears head coach Matt Nagy and special teams coordinator Chris Tabor, I'm Jeff Joniak wishing you a pleasant good evening. Exclusive live coverage from Soldier Field with the Bears and Packers Sunday at noon, kickoff at 325. This is News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM. Good night, everybody.